0: How can faith help you when the safety net is pulled out from under you vocationally? We'll be talking to Matt Mosley, a sports journalist, about just that on Good God. Stay tuned. Welcome to Good God, conversations that matter about faith in public life. I'm George Mason, the host, and I'm pleased to welcome to the program today, Matt Mosley. Matt, glad to have you with us again. Uh, we've uh, had a conversation uh, about uh, some things about your faith journey, and, uh, and 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 today I'd like for us to talk a little more about uh, the direction of your vocation. Uh, Matt is a podcast personality here in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, I'm sure it goes all over the country. Matt, The yes. Doomsday Podcast, yes. it's called. Yes. Yes. Uh, you and Ed Warder uh, have this Doomsday Podcast, and it's uh it's not predictable when you drop an episode, is it? It kind of, uh, maybe during the Cowboys yes. season, it's an every week thing.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, with the Cowboys, you never know because with so much uh, Zeke Elliott, you know, his off season, I mean, that that gave right. us a, a whole series of shows, right? Yeah. So there's always something that could happen or a player being suspended. So we have to be ready to jump into action, but you're right. During the season, we get on a little bit more of a schedule. Well. Yeah, I think you're someone who needs a schedule more than I do.
0: Uh, well, Sunday's always coming, Matt, you know, for me. <laughs> and uh, so I, I am used to a deadline and a schedule, and there's uh, there's no leeway about that. No. Sunday Sunday morning's going to arrive. That's and
1: that's right. what somebody told me about radio one time. Because uh, I was on, and I, I've been, you know, and I don't know how much news I wanna break on here, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit. But I've been thinking about, and I've been doing some other kind of radio projects, but kind of like you're talking about with your sermon. I remember somebody saying, three o'clock, it comes every single day. And I remember just the excitement at first. I'm on the right. radio, I'm on the radio. Right. And then at some point, it's kind of like these people who you know do these Broadway musicals and everything. It right. happens every single night and you have to yeah. get up for it. And so That's every right. day at three o'clock, right that red light would come on yeah. uh-huh. and it was time to go. And much like those, you know, Sunday sermons. That's true,
0: and so you you did that three o'clock hour, first with Randy Galloway, yes. uh, the GAC uh, show, yes. uh, Galloway and Company, and then uh, it became uh, your afternoon show, uh, cleverly uh, titled, uh, by the way, uh, afternoon, sort of like the ballpark in Arlington. I there you go, uh, yeah. I say, yeah. Sort of generic, but uh, you you and off <laughs> for a while. Uh, and, uh, so, but, but it's interesting to, to track uh, your career. So Dallas Morning News, write sports writer, and then you move into radio and continue to write at the same time as yeah. you're doing radio. Uh, and then uh, the industry just keeps changing, right? Yes. I mean, the newspaper industry changes. That the, the 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 sports radio industry changes, and you find yourself doing podcasts. Talk a little bit about the insecurity that represents, the vulnerability it feels like in the industry itself, where the the the, the sure institutions are are not. Uh, there for everyone anymore.
1: Yeah, and and I think the scary thing is, you know, there's so many people laid off. I mean, Ed Werder, Mm -hmm. uh, my podcast co-host on Doomsday, and don't forget, I do one with Brent Musburger. Excuse me, You are looking live. You know how Brent starts every broadcast, and that's the You Are Looking Live podcast, but the day we started Doomsday was the day Ed Werder was laid off after 20-something years at ESPN, and I mean, you know, once somebody's at a place for that long, you sort of think, well, they're going to be there forever. Right. And I thought that's probably what Ed thought. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, this is a disaster. And it probably, in looking back, is they allowed him to do something like my podcast. They probably mm-hmm. already knew they were going to mm-hmm. lay him off. Right. And and that was why he was allowed to do it. Uh, but the second podcast ever, we had somewhere around 50,000 downloads, mainly because people were interested in hearing Ed's side of the story. Now, Ed continues to, I, I've told Ed, I don't think people need to hear any more about this. At some point, you know, <laughs> we sort of move on and, and, uh, and you know, and, but Ed's been a great partner in this and you're right. It is. I, I've had is, I've had the whole industry change on me a couple of times, and, and what, what happened with the internet, newspapers weren't ready for it, they didn't know how to handle it, they didn't know how to sell, they, they gave all the stuff for free, and then they tried to take it back, then they tried to make it free again, and, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, for years, the profit margins on newspapers right. was just enormous. And right. then the price of uh, print or ink, you know, all the stuff went up, uh, and, and, the, and the internet just changed everything overnight. I remember when I left, I didn't leave the morning news, I started writing columns for the mm-hmm. dallasnews.com, which is part of the morning news, and everybody thought I was crazy. Right. How could you leave the paper? Because there was still that thought, Sure, you know, people of, uh, you know, your generation, and we're not that far apart, but I mean, it's my just, generation. No. I love that yes, <laughs> that's right. We're, we're very clear. Yes. No, no. right. yeah, uh-huh. but, okay. but I'm just saying there's still that and I'm still with, I mean, I grew up in the newspaper business, so I love holding the newspaper, but it's right. just crazy. It is. Uh, I'm in my 40s now, and, and, and anybody my age and younger, they just barely even get any kids. I've got a little 10 year old daughter. I mean, she's seen a newspaper just because I still get one. Right. But most of them don't even have any clue. So that happened, and when I went and, and did all the internet stuff, it was great for my career, but right. people thought I was crazy. Right. Leave. You know all this newspaper. You're in the paper all the time, right, right. and even like my in-laws and my parents. You know people in Kaufman County where I grew up. Wait, I thought he was in the paper. It's right. like I have to, you know, almost retrain everybody. You've got to look on the internet. It's right. okay, but and I think people almost felt, oh, so Matt's career is not. You but, know. but you know, it's
0: an it's an interesting thing to. Uh, to to look at how industries change. It's, it's sort of the, the old analogy of the buggy whip com- company, you know, that uh, used to have uh, horse-drawn carriages and uh, this is what we do. We're we're the buggy whip company, yes. you know, that makes these. And, in, and and then cars come along and instead of thinking about being in the transportation delivery business, they're still in the buggy whip business. Yes. And th- then suddenly things change and it's, it's hard for people to, to reinvent themselves, to, to anticipate where yes. these changes are happening and to get ahead of it, isn't it? Yeah. And, and to be part of that new wave. It is. And
1: uh, I mean, and, and I think it's even hard. I, I, I think about you and the church and and mm-hmm. trying to anticipate okay, how do we reach out to people? How do we do this on social media? Yet, you know, we also have this part of us that's like, hey, put your social media down and just have a relationship with somebody. And it, it's right. like, where do you, where do you,
0: where does it end? Well, I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's, right. I, I mean, its it, it its always um, the opportunity and the opportunity cost uh, of of that technology change, yeah. right? So. Uh, on, the, on the positive side, I, you know, many Sundays before I even get back to my office, I have a text from Matt Mosley saying, uh, you know, uh, nice work this morning. You know, yeah. and I, it's an encouraging thing, and I appreciate you doing that. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, there are people who are making the choice to stay home and watch on live stream and not be in the pew with their fellow Christians. And uh, it's just easier that way, and uh, it's leisurely. Uh, on the other hand, there's a, a woman I recently visited who's now deceased and she was thanking me because the past few years uh, she's watched on live stream every, mor- every Sunday morning and felt a part of the church and she wouldn't have 20 years ago. Uh, she would feel sidelined and lonely and not part of her congregation. So how do you put all of that together in a mm-hmm. way that continues to nurture the community and the faith of people And yet, doesn't give people an excuse not to uh, be part of the flesh and blood community, right? I think it's yeah, it's extremely
1: hard, and, and you know, nobody has all the right answers. With podcasting, why I got excited about it is what I started to realize. I think we sometimes get into this thing where we think about millennials. How do we? How do we reach the younger folks? You know, and right. I mean, you've had it happen in ministry. Yeah, How do we sure. get these people while taking care of our, our our folks that have been here for forever? And what I've realized, I have a, a gym I go to. I know you can't really tell, but I go to the <laughs> the uh, Cooper Fitness Center, and I just love it up there. And I've met, I've got a lot of mentors up there. There's guys in their sixties and seventies who just have done incredible in business and all. And I've just had a, it's it's a it's a you talk about a place of like I don't know what you would call it. It's just a. It's just an un- un- unbelievable. My wife and I have different thoughts on working out. She goes up there, gets her workout in, and can be home in like, like thirty minutes or something. Right. And right. I, she wonders why it takes me like four or five hours. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Really? Yeah, you need yeah. to be in the steam room that long?" <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like, well, and I'm picking just, up tips, and uh, you know, all just, these
0: very successful people uh, sharing stories. Yes. And, uh, yes. That's it, right. it feels yeah. like uh,
1: yeah. it feels like a place for networking. Although I never like do anything. I just meet you know, well, you extremely know. interesting people, but, uh, podcasting, podcasting. I find that even people, and the reason I brought that up is because people 60s, 70s, 80s, they are loving the on demand nature of that. The fact that they can get it any time right. and it's just radio while I love it. And there's still some radio stuff that I do kind of on the side. Um, you know if you miss it you miss it if you miss an interview right. they right. might they might podcast it but the radio it's kind of like what you're saying the, the the buggy whip kind of thing they're kind of like if we podcast everything aren't we hurting ourselves they're still thinking kind of like the newspaper right if right. we wait should we still wait on our scoops in the newspaper or should we put it online i mean that was the, the longest sure. debate right people were still waiting to, when do we put the breaking news up we'll put it up immediately <laughs> right and right. you can still get credit for it across the country but it's sure. just right people weren't you know, thinking like that. So with podcasting, what I find that it's not just kind of a young man's game or young woman's game. It's, it's for everybody. And the thing about advertisers that love it is that I can sort of, I can sort of just work it into a podcast and and mention them and do it in a way that, Mm -hmm. okay, we're not going to go take this commercial break. I mean, you know, I Mm -hmm. could hear, the people punching
0: out when we went to it just I could in my mind. you know, So it instead just of, like, so instead of taking a break, uh, in in between our conversations here to promote a nonprofit, I should just under my voice be saying Wilshire Baptist Church, forty three sixteen Abrams Road. By the way, we're glad to have you on oh. Sunday morning. Is that kind of the way we yeah. do it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I got to. People I gotta don't continue. even know what happened. Just subliminal. It's just like yes. okay. Well, you there just, it just, is. That's okay. why advertisers Thanks. love podcasting. Okay, for very, very good reason. <laughs> well, all right, so. Uh, it, it, podcasting is so easy once you get the hang of it, and you say it's not necessarily younger people, but, but I will say that there is a little bit of a, 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 a learning curve for some folks to just locate it on their smartphone or yes. how to connect in the car or you know to to, to get online uh, on their computer. It's uh, it it is still uh, not the traditional sources. Right? It's not
1: what I do is just grab people's phone, uh, Uh like at church or whatever, they're like, wait, what is this thing you do? Like this one guy, my neighbor, who's this highly successful criminal defense attorney, still he's like, now, how do I get your blog? I'm right. like, it's Ted. It's not, it's a, not blog. a blog. It's a yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah calls right. it a blog. But <laughs> on the iPhone, you know, that that, right. that iTunes thing is just podcast. Podcast right And then you just <laughs> Purple. do the search. I mean, right. I, people are sort of right. shocked because I think they're so used to things being a little difficult right. that when you show them, okay, mm-hmm. this is not right this is not that difficult and then once right. they subscribe to the good god podcast there it is good
0: god podcast on uh, on apple Podcasts. you have them forever google play and you know all of those are the sources thank you for uh, the plug there and that's an, another example of how <laughs> this can be done i suppose uh, so uh, so podcasting though has uh, allowed you it seems to me to uh, really use your voice in a way that's native to you that you don't feel as obligated to Uh, an organization or to you know ESPN or to you know some larger group. You get to kind of design your voice and the program the way you want to.
1: Yeah and it is, you know. People would say to me when I left radio, they said, "Well, you have a really good brand," and I'd never thought of myself in that. I mean, I guess we all should maybe think. I mean, the George Mason brand—it's out yeah. there, you know. Uh, we should what maybe think be like? in those yeah. terms. Mm-hmm. No, it's—it is. You have a brand mm-hmm. uh, in in in. Every, and so, I did think through. Okay, what do I want to build? What should this thing look like? And I'm still working with it. And you know, I've been fortunate, much like you have, that some partners are believe. You know, it's just amazing. Right. It's one thing. I mean, you you know how to ask for money because you have to do it like almost a weekly basis. You know, Yes, yeah, so and not I'm, often enough.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Right. But
1: yeah. I, I'm just saying, I don't. Yeah. I don't have any experience with that other than trying to raise some money for like for the YMCA, and I'm just horrible at it. I mean, I literally, I'm just like I'll finally at the last minute, whatever my goal is, I'll call like. i still i'm still like call my parents you know hey your wife on the other hand is a natural my
0: gosh she she hit me up uh, for millions and i just thought well of course meredith is asking so write the check yeah well you 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 know
1: made the mistake years ago i think of telling Mm -hmm. somebody or you've made it public i have that you know if someone comes to you you try to give i say yes yeah, if I can, if do. it's at all possible, yeah. I say yes. And I so. try to follow your lead. You and every thank you. Every football player who shows up selling some Hershey's bars or whatever, <laughs> I'm like, okay, very good. Just twenties fly, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is. It's. Uh, it, but speaking of this brand thing and trying to trying to put it together, it is. It's been a. Uh, it's been a frustrating experience at times, but it is. It is. There is something about like when you work for yourself and when you realize it's sink or swim time you're not yeah. it's not based on somebody else or some of these ratings I mean I guess we're all still tied to ratings you need people to okay. download and all that kind of stuff Correct. but yeah
0: well well let's talk about what that means working for oneself because one doesn't actually ever fully work for oneself you know there there is a sense in which we're all part of this work together so let's let's talk about that when we
2: come back from the break all right all right The YMCA of Metropolitan Dallas welcomes neighbors each day to make sure everyone, regardless of age, income, or background, has the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. The YMCA's annual campaign enables the Y to provide free or discounted memberships and programs to the people who need them the most, making our community safer, stronger, and healthier. The why has always been a place of possibility and a promise for all.
0: We're back with Matt Mosley. Matt, you were talking about your Doomsday podcast and let's not forget, yes, you have another podcast uh, with uh, Brett Musburger. Yes, uh, you are looking live. You are looking live, okay. And that's uh, pretty much a sports gambling podcast? Is that is what it is, <laughs> Yeah, Brent, that's right, you know, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> anyway, but, but we, we were talking about how, it, in a sense, this uh, represents self-employment and uh, how you get to direct this and, and whatnot, but you still have an audience and you still have investors, you still, we're always working for someone, right? Not yes. just for ourselves. So when you think about this broadcast uh, that you do, this, this podcast, what is the audience that you have in your mind and how much do you think about them and do you say what i really want them to hear today is yeah i
1: think with like a cowboy show you you know what can we do to differentiate there's a Mm -hmm. lot of folks talking about the cowboys out there Mm -hmm. The, the the head start we have there aren't a lot of great there are some i mean i don't want to say we're the only what i think is a really good cowboys podcast they're out there but what can we do that no one else could do so what we try to get for our audience is hey here's we're gonna pull back the curtain Mm -hmm. we talk to people within the cowboys you know insiders that kind of thing and then i'm always and i think that's why it's a good mix with ed ed is actually kind of a witty guy but when he gets on the air and when he's talking, he gets very serious, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I tend to try to break him up, and yeah. and and so yeah, I want people, I want some mixture of what can we bring them? When I mean, we try to get great guests, uh, much like you have, uh, yes, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. But uh, but but just. You know how can we entertain and inform at the same time and that's what i've always done i mean I, I tried to in my writing career i've tried to find a niche at the dallas morning news that just didn't really exist i thought if i wrote like everybody else and covered a team like i just kind of do that the rest of my life it'd be a fine career but if i could if i could actually i, I don't know if you would you call it uh sports humorist i mean i i liked Right. Dave Barry, I read him. Barbara, right. my my mother-in-law, also a member of Wilshire. Barbara Floyd. I mean, she sort of introduced me to him. I think I knew about him from his right. days, you know, in Miami. And you probably ran across, you know, some of those columns over oh, the years. Yeah. And there was just, to me, he had such a distinctive voice, mm-hmm. and I, you know, so I, I just, I, you know, and I just thought, I can't, I can't, I've got, you've got to go a different route right. if you're gonna. And so that's what I did, and, and I had a guy who didn't, at the morning news, named Bob Yates, who I don't even know if he totally got me, but he's, he just thought, this guy has something different, and just let me go with
0: it. So I, I think that's an interesting point about vocation too, and that is that when, when you're thinking about what you do with your life, part of it is, of course, what's possible that people care about, right? And part of it is also, who are you? Right? How do you put together the, the, your, your sense of humor, your angle on looking at life, the, the personality that God gave you, and uh, what people are looking for and needing? When that comes together, there's a beautiful match, but the process of finding it is also sometimes yes. a challenge. And I'll tell you this, and, and you've seen this
1: in ministry, it's, it's, it's difficult when... You feel like you're connecting with your audience, and you're getting the feedback, and you're not connecting with a boss. I mean, I've had those issues. Now I've had great program directors. I've had some GMs I love. So mm-hmm. I don't want to paint it like I'm. I am difficult to manage because I'm pushing back, and I'm. And so for some people, I'm. I'm not for everybody on, on that front. But it, it, it. That. That was tough. That was probably my last. When I left this last radio thing, that was the toughest thing in the world because I thought I had developed and cultivated an audience that I sort of connected with, and the new people who bought the station just didn't have any appreciation for that, I didn't feel like. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to make a decision when somebody offers you a nice hefty pay cut. Do, right, you, right. do you say, okay, I, it's important for me to keep, to keep going, in which a lot of people have to make that decision. I mean, maybe that was looking back to what I should have done, but I was just like, no. Because once you do that, then they have you. Okay, then so
0: so how did your faith factor into uh, being able to make the decision to venture forth without a safety net? I mean, to move from security into this much more fragile world that, and make your way, uh, was was this just because that's the way you're made or was it also because there is a faith component in yeah.
1: this? Well, you know, a pastor at Kaufman years and years ago and I was trying to make a difficult decision, I think it was relationship-wise even, you know, it was, it was like, sometimes God speaks through your gut and that has been the way mm-hmm. with me a lot of times. And in part is it it looking back and going, God, you know, when the whole law school thing happened i mean and people say well how do i get into journalism i'm like don't do what i did i mean it's yeah. just crazy but it worked out you know mm-hmm. and and i remember when i left radio uh so yeah i don't i think i just had faith that this whole career somehow things you know trusting in god uh and and just trusting that things are going to work out it has worked out right, right so this this seems like the right thing to do right now and i remember i read a book Uh, it's just funny when you're kind of going through some job stuff people boy they'll start throwing books at you you know I'm sure you've had people hand you books and there was one the stack is really high all the time I know and you actually read some of them Uh, (laughs) I uh, uh, there was a guy in because I was looking into I was kind of fascinated when I first left in this coach search business I was like how do these guys what is this guy and there's a guy named uh, Bodine that does that. And he'd written a book called Two Chairs. Mm-hmm. And and it, it resonated with me a little bit because I was just kind of like, man, I really need this time. And my buddy, Tyler Cooper, uh, of Cooper Fitness fame, he, he and I went to, to a college together, we we're fraternity brothers. He sent me off to San Diego. They had a place on the beach there. Where do the Navy Buds train? Whatever that is, Coronado, Coronado. Del Coronado. right? And so he said, I think you need to go and be alone for a bit. Mm-hmm. and maybe just decompress. Mm-hmm. And this was a couple of weeks after I left radio after 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I had just read this book called Two Chairs. And so for for whatever reason, I needed something in that moment that was really a little more physical than just meditation. And so where you're sitting, I would sit in a chair and I would just, I would just like talk to God and like had a moment where, and then I would, and then the the hard part is you can talk and talk, which I'm good at, uh, or, uh, you know, I have a lot of practice, but that's the listening. Okay. You sit back. And how comfortable can that be to look at an empty chair Mm -hmm. and try to have that. Right. But at that time, you know, that sort of was a good thing for me to, to sit there and try to listen and, and hear and not, but the, the, the competitor in me, right. and that's why I, and, and I mean, you've probably had moments like this. You, you just, I, there's an there's a opportunity I have probably a year or two down the road. There's probably an opportunity to get in an ownership group in a radio, you know, in mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And, and what I constantly ask myself is like, would that just be? sort of getting back at some, I mean, it, would it be for the right reasons? Do I really miss it that much, mm-hmm. or would it? Mm-hmm. And, and those are the things I kind mm-hmm. of go back and forth. And so in that moment after I left, I had that competitive side of me. is like, I want to go get a job the next day. I want to bring that old radio station down. I want right. to, you know, right. and right. I had to just, and so this was, it was a good time for me because I got away from it. And then those days when I got back to Dallas and I, I you know it was it's just weird to do something it's like if you just you know left the, you Sunday man your program it's like playing football mm-hmm. you when when it's Sunday at eleven mm-hmm. or Sunday at eight thirty boom you're on the, what time is it early service I don't come to that yeah, it's too early I, yeah, uh-huh. but yeah you're just conditioned to
0: right.
1: to do all that right. and it's just it's just strange when suddenly it's uh, it's not there so what I did is jumped on my bike okay. and went around White Rock Lake mm-hmm. and talk about a sanctuary that mm-hmm. became. Mm-hmm. Um, that became, so when it was time for me to go on the radio, that's what I did every day. And I rode about, you know, 18 miles and right. and uh, got wow. on my bike, and that's well, been good. Well, I, I think
0: these are spiritual practices that put us in touch with, with God. And most of the time, people don't have experiences where they sense that God audibly speaks to them. But for many of us, when we're actually trying to listen, there is a sense in which we come away from it feeling that God has given us messages of peace and security and confidence uh, to to move forward. I like to say that, um, you know, uh, it's not that when we are people of faith, Christians, that that, that we come away with a relationship with God where we say, okay, God told me everything's going to be okay. But I think what God says is, everything may not be okay, but you're gonna be okay mm. in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and once you hear that, then you can go through those times that aren't so good because you know that you're gonna be sustained through it, and it's not gonna last forever, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've been able to make that transition. I just think that there are a lot of people, whether it's in law, uh, and the law business has changed because it's actually moved from being more of a profession to more of a business. And that's been difficult for people to manage that as well uh, newspapers and journalism and 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 ministry. everybody seems to be in a process of transition and and trying to struggle with how to manage the vulnerability of uh, of all of that with families and uh, a sense of identity. so your experience is is a good help to others I think well
1: i you know I hope so um, and it's just Well, when you do, when you're out there and you're just kind of uh, searching, you know, for what's next, I mean, you're right, it does feel vulnerable and you're just used to having that sort of uh, position of strength, whether it be the radio or writing for somebody or whatever. And so, yeah, I think... uh, I think uh, for me, the podcast and and uh, sort of getting the reins of this thing, not that we're ever truly mm-hmm.
0: in charge, but mm-hmm. uh, it's been a fascinating experience. And- well, I want to thank you for being a, a faithful church member too. Uh, I mean, I, we don't talk about this all the time, but you know, everyone should probably know that any chance you get, you're in the pew on Sunday morning, and you're you're part of the church, and uh, you're, you're even right now on the personnel committee, so I need to be really kind to you because, uh, you, know, you, you know, you're in charge of my, uh, my future and all of that, but, but thank you for your faithfulness to the church, and you and Meredith and your daughter Parker are great, uh, you know, uh, contributors in every aspect of the church i appreciate it
1: well and i i appreciate you and the church and your friendship and it's a you know it's an amazing place and it's these are crazy times that we're in and uh it's it's nice to be able to come to a place and and right. even your sermon recently uh boy you moved people to they were coming up to me you know oh, really yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you know telling me about it so okay uh the david and goliath that, ah, that was yes that one very good yes yes well <laughs> it really resonated with
0: folks i believe yeah you know i think uh it's um it's a great inspirational story for us, and we have to be careful with it because we'd all want to be David all the time, right? Yes. And We have to be careful not to be Goliath, but, uh, but just to know that uh, there's an unseen presence in the world, uh, that when we're standing uh, for justice and, and, and being compassionate to stand with people, that God is present with us. And, uh, and working with us. So thanks for all your witness and the ways that uh, you practice your faith and quietly, but persistently and, and consistently as well. Well, I appreciate you.
2: Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming. Okay. Good God is created by Dr. George Mason, produced and directed by Jim White, guest coordination and social media by Upward Strategy Group. Here's grateful appreciation to Evolve Technology for location, production, facilities. Evolve Technology for home, audio, video, and lighting design. Enjoy more, think less with Evolve. See their great work at EvolveDallas.com. Thanks to Wendy Crispin Caterer for guest parking accommodations. Good God, Conversations with George Mason is the podcast devoted to bringing you ideas about God and faith and the common good. All material copyright 2018 by Faith Cummings. The YMCA of Metropolitan Dallas welcomes neighbors each day to make sure everyone, regardless of age, income or background, has the opportunity to learn, grow and thrive. The YMCA's annual campaign enables the Y to provide free or discounted memberships and programs to the people who need them the most, making our community safer, stronger and healthier. The why has always been a place of possibility and a promise for all.